0: What do you suppose he means by that? I have a couple of ideas. We've got lots to do. Come on, let's go. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another magnificent installment. From very high above all other puerile and pedantic forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, Firmly ensconced behind the silver cowboy state politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. We begin with an update to the undercover investigation that I published last Wednesday on the program. And by the way, if you haven't listened to that or watched the YouTube video that accompanies it, you really need to. It'll tell you exactly what's been happening at the University of Wyoming. Yesterday, that same university held an event at Sheridan College entitled UW in Your Community. Hmm, I was a little bit confused as to what UW President Ed Seidel was planning for my community, my stomping grounds as it were. So I asked him, yesterday at the Whitney Center for the Performing Arts at Sheridan College, I confronted UW President Ed Seidel with the undercover video that was shot April 13th at the University of Wyoming. A couple of provisos before I play what the good president had to say. It took me a little bit to get the video to play on my tablet, so in the interest of time, I've edited out that little section. Secondly, to make him fully aware as to what the video contained, because in it you'll hear him say that he couldn't hear it, I had to use a word that I'm not going to play on this program. Recently, we've had enough vulgar language on the program, so you're going to hear the old sensor beep. Keep in mind, this is the exact same video that I played on the program last Wednesday. Pay attention to the silences, where Ed Seidel is choosing his words very carefully. Do you have a few minutes? My name is David Iverson. Hi, David. I I own Cowboy State Politics. Okay. Um, I've been investigating a couple of things that have been happening happening at the university, and I wanted to show you what I've found and get your reaction. Okay. So what it is is a drag show at the university that happened on April the 13th. And in it... Did you hear what she said? No, I didn't. I couldn't hear. So he, he says, in ballroom, we say pussy a lot. We say pussy and That's what he says. So do you think that's, that's an effective use or an appropriate use of taxpayer dollars? Well, I wouldn't say such things, so just say that, but... Well, it happened in the education auditorium, sir. Students will do interesting things sometimes. I, I was not there. I didn't see it. I wouldn't say such things myself. Okay. Well, it's, there's a lot more where that comes from. All right. At one point in the video, and I'd be happy to provide this to you, but at one point in the video, they say, F the kids. Okay. Do you think that Wyoming citizens would appreciate our university doing this? I would not. I would think many people would find that offensive. Okay. Okay. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. No outrage. No shock. No nothing. Just students will do some interesting things. Now, if you'll remember correctly, in the video that I played for him and that I let you listen to and that I played during the YouTube video... You can clearly see Project Coordinator of Gender and Sexuality at the University of Wyoming, Tyler Wolfgang, standing front and center in the video. And President Seidel doesn't react at all. At the end of the soundbite, he says, Well, I think many people would find that offensive. Yes, we do. But you'll notice that he doesn't say it's inappropriate. He didn't say that it wasn't a good use of taxpayer dollars. He didn't say any of those things. I specifically asked him if he thought that that was an appropriate use of taxpayer dollars, and you'll notice that he didn't answer that question. As it relates to Mr. Tyler Wolfgang, I found another picture of him at a protest on the steps of the Capitol in Cheyenne, held by none other than Sarah Burlingame and Wyoming Equality. If you remember correctly from last Wednesday's episode, I told you how the University of Wyoming had partnered with Wyoming Equality, the radical LGBTQ advocacy and lobbying organization, to put on those uh, classes at the university. It turns out, and you're going to love this part, you're paying for them. Congratulations and surprise! According to the Powell Tribune in an article written on April the 5th of 2022, the Wyoming Community Foundation recently awarded several grants to local causes. These grants were made as a part of the WYCF's competitive grant cycle, which allows nonprofit organizations from around the state to request funding for specific projects and general operating expenses statewide grantees include Wyoming Equality, which requested funds to train their growing staff as the organization develops their Wyoming Equality Healthcare Access Project, end quote. According to the organization's own website, they received state funds in 2022. That's according to their annual final report. The 2023 annual report hasn't been issued yet, but I bet we're going to find more state of Wyoming funds in their donor list. Of course, by state funds, I mean our money, taxpayer dollars. So let me put this in perspective. The state of Wyoming is giving money to Wyoming Equality, which it in turn uses to lobby the state of Wyoming on behalf of all sorts of LGBTQ ideology and issues. But it doesn't end there. More of our money is used to allow Wyoming Equality to operate on the University of Wyoming campus and push their left-wing agenda on university students. And in the words of many an irritating infomercial, But wait, there's more. Wyoming Equality's activities end up in your local community. At the same time that I sent an undercover journalist to the University of Wyoming, I also sent one to Rock Springs to investigate a group called Drag for a Cause. And I'll tell you about these folks after the break. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or a barn or maybe a roping arena or even a giant warehouse for your business, then you should call my friends Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. They're the experts in metal building construction, and they've been doing it longer than anybody else around You've probably seen a lot of their work driving the highways and byways of our great state and not even known it, because their buildings stand the test of time. You'll receive a 50-year warranty on the foundation, which is something you're not going to get from any of their competitors. And if you know any concrete guys, they'll tell you that there's only two types of concrete, concrete that is cracked and concrete that has not cracked yet. So it's important to get that 50-year warranty. Well, it doesn't really matter what type of building you've been thinking about. Give Nick and Jesse a call. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. My friends, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Gun of the Week time from Gunrunner Auctions. The Gun of the Week is lot number 111. It's one of my favorites. It's a Browning High Power 9mm in silver and chrome. It was made in Belgium and assembled in Portugal in 1994. It's an excellent brand new condition in the box. It's got a 4 eight inch barrel and has an excellent bore with fixed high blade front and windage and elevation adjustable rear sights. It has a 100% silver chrome finish with absolutely zero wear on it. It has a factory extended ambidextrous thumb safety, a gold trigger, a spur hammer, and the most comfortable pock grips that you're ever going to find on any pistol. This is a great piece for your any collection or to go shooting. I'm telling you, my friends, the Browning High Power is one of the finest pistols ever made. And this one can be yours. It's lot number 111 at thegunrunner.com. If you've been looking for a place to advertise your business, I'd ask you to consider advertising on this program. The reach of Cowboy State Politics is growing at an amazing rate, and you're not going to find a better advertising rate anywhere, I promise you. So if you're interested in advertising on the program, shoot me an email. The address is david at cowboystatepolitics.com. I would love to get that conversation started with you. And now... Back to the program. Before we went to the break, I was telling you how many of the activities of Wyoming equality are funded with Wyoming taxpayer dollars. Us. And those activities are not constrained to their lobbying efforts in Cheyenne or whatever they're doing to our children at the University of Wyoming. They reach into your own local community. Wyoming Equality has successfully set up numerous LGBTQ alliances in Wyoming schools. And I don't think that I have to tell you that it's not just high schools. It's elementary schools and middle schools in the great state of Wyoming. Well, one of the outfits that they do support is called Drag for a Cause in Rock Springs. It's a 501c3 that is registered with the Secretary of State's office. Essentially, the group organizes drag queen events and then at them raises money for a variety of different charitable causes. The last event was held on April 1st, and it was to raise money for a local baseball team. Now, let me just say at the very beginning that I don't have a problem with drag shows. What I do have a problem with is drag shows that involve children. There is not a single drag show that is family friendly. All of them try to claim that their drag events can be family friendly, but the truth of the matter is a drag show is inherently sexual, and anyone who claims otherwise is lying to you. This brings us to drag for a cause. As I mentioned earlier, it's basically a theater company that puts on drag show events, some of which uh, they claim are family-friendly. One of the ones they had last year was a Halloween party. Now, why would a bunch of drag queens want to host a Halloween party and invite a bunch of children? It couldn't be that they're leading the children to believe that it's all a costume. They're not really drag queens, that it's all for Halloween. At the most recent event, which was held on April the 1st, the drag show was clothed in a charitable event. They were raising money for a local baseball team. Again, just let me be clear. I think that any time you can get people to come out and donate money to a worthy cause, that's a good thing, drag show or otherwise. The problem is when you involve children. My undercover journalist recorded over 16 minutes of this drag show. You can clearly see from the video that there are numerous children running around though I don't think that it matters too much. I'd like to point out that there wasn't any nudity that I saw in the video. What was in the video, however, is people giving money to the children and asking them to run up and tip the drag queens as if they were at some sort of strip show or something. Just so you can see exactly what I'm talking about, I've uploaded a portion of the video footage to the YouTube channel, the same one that I uploaded the University of Wyoming video to. You can find a link at CowboyStatePolitics.com, and I've also put one in the episode description. Judging from the video, I would say that there was around 150 people in attendance, including numerous children. To give you an idea of how many people were in attendance, listen to this soundbite. Now what's happening here is a new performer comes out and then proceeds to take off their dress and reveals a very low-cut leotard uh, singlet uh, looking outfit just judging from the crowd response alone you can tell how many people were there and any child psychologist will tell you that children learn from mimicking the behavior of adults That's why we keep children away from certain adult activities. Shortly after the performer removes the dress, you see three young girls run up and hand them some money. So what do you suppose those three young children learned from that experience? It wouldn't be that that behavior is encouraged, would it? At another point in the video, you see what appears to be a very young person dressed up in drag, singing lip syncing along to one of the songs. Dolly Parton's Working 9 to 5, the, well, we'll call him a performer, parades up and down the aisle grabbing money from some of the crowd. At some points, they grab money from children. The same thing as in the other video clip that I mentioned. Throughout the event, it's pretty clear that alcohol is being served. In a couple of the video clips, you can see even the performers are drinking. And again... There's children running all over the place. One last video clip that I'll mention. You see a performer dressed in black polka dot with a red skirt. He mounts one of the ladies in the crowd and proceeds to grind on her. Now please tell me that that's not overtly sexual. My point in telling you all of this is there was one reason and one reason alone that children were allowed at this event, and that's to normalize the behavior, to get them to think that this sort of display is normal, and there's no reason why they shouldn't engage in it. You watch children run up and hand all the performers money. The young performer that I mentioned paraded up and down the aisle, and numerous people handed them money. Again, what are the children to believe is going on here? It's clear that they're to think that this behavior is not only condoned, it is encouraged that they can get money from engaging in this sort of display. There's one other thing that I almost nearly forgot about. Present. During the whole drag show, the whole event, there was an infant in the back of the room. I can't imagine what was going through that parent's mind. After watching all of these video clips from that event in Rock Springs on April the 1st, I guess we could ask the same question of all of the parents that were there. What were the children doing at a drag show? there's only one possible conclusion. It's to normalize the behavior for them. If you take a look at the Drag for a Cause Facebook page, you'll see pictures of the Halloween event that I mentioned earlier. At that one, there were a number of children running around, and though I didn't see any video available on their Facebook page, you could just tell from the pictures it was the very same display that you yourself are able to watch in that YouTube video. An overtly sexual event with the sole purpose of normalizing it for the children. One of the individuals that figures prominently in almost all of the pictures from that Halloween event is a guy named Kenneth McCormick. Kenneth McCormick is part of the Rock Springs Urban Renewal Development Project. A press release that was last updated on January 23rd on the downtown Rock Springs website. It's entitled, Kenneth McCormick Joins the Rock Springs Main Street URA Team. And I quote, Kenneth McCormick was recently hired as a new team member at the Rock Springs Main Street Urban Renewal Agency. Kenneth will serve as the theater and events coordinator. End quote. Now, there's another type of theater that Kenneth McCormick is interested in. He owns the Starling Company, which is, to put it simply, a theater troupe specializing in transgender shows. On April 26th, Kenneth McCormick held a Drag Queen Story Hour at the Community College in Rock Springs. There are pictures of it on his Facebook page. All community colleges in the state of Wyoming are publicly funded by your tax dollars. That's right, my friends. You paid for a drag queen story hour at a community college in Rock Springs. In one of the pictures, he's of course dressed in drag. He's holding up a pair of devil horns while sticking his tongue out. His drag queen story hour was entitled Story Hour with Starling My Darling. In a couple of the pictures, there's at least three minors that are present at the event. So that brings up an interesting question. What is the point of a drag queen story hour? The author of the article that I mentioned earlier was talking with Tucker Carlson not that long ago. He explained exactly what the purpose behind a
1: drag queen story hour is. Here's what he had to say. So let's say you were interested in sexualizing children, and unfortunately some people are, what would you do? You might have a drag queen story hour at a library or a school. That's where you would indoctrinate and sexualize children. It's happening across the country. So the deal always was, do what you want, just leave the kids out of it because child molestation is a crime. But they're not leaving the kids out of it at all. It's happening everywhere. Chris Rufo has spent a month digging into drag queen story hours. He's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. He joins us tonight. Chris, thanks so much for coming on. What What did you find in the month you spent looking at this?
2: Well, I found that parents' instincts is largely correct. A lot of parents are wondering why is an adult male uh, putting on women's clothing uh, and dancing and talking about sexual themes with other people's children, not only in libraries, but also uh, in schools and other public institutions. Uh, But they're scared to say anything because they're worried about offending the sensibility of many of the administrators and left wing ideologues who police uh, speech uh, under the umbrella of LGBTQ tolerance, Uh, but the reality is quite simple. The academic queer theorists and the people who founded the Drag Queen Story Hour Movement have left a trail of evidence in academic papers and manifestos that say the goal is very clear. They want to sexualize children. uh, They want to subvert the middle class family. uh, And they want to uh, basically eliminate what they call the sexual hierarchy uh, in favor of creating a sexual connection between adult and child, which has, of course, long been the the, the kind of final taboo uh, of the sexual revolution.
1: It was always the most basic taboo in our society. Stay away from the children creep or you will regret it. Why would any parent allow their child to be sexualized by an adult man with a fetish for kids?
2: I mean, and two reasons. I think the first reason is quite simple, is that people have been mystified and bought into this idea that it's somehow an expression of tolerance and exploration and gender creativity. Uh, but the second thing, we've seen this already in New York City, it's mandatory. Uh, New York City public schools have organized dozens of these performances uh, as young as elementary school. These are mandatory. Parents, in some cases, were not even given the uh, the chance to opt out of them. Uh, and so this has long gone from what one conservative commentator called a, quote, of liberty to something that is now being subsidized, subsidized and forced onto kids uh, by the state itself. It's something that uh, people should trust their instincts on. Uh, people should push back against this. And of course, people should arm themselves with the literature and the people in their own words who have advocated for this uh, uh, deeply disturbing sexualization of children.
1: Yeah, people should definitely arm themselves. I agree with that. This is keep the kids out of it, period. Chris Rufo, thank you. And now it's happening in Wyoming.
0: Putting up with this stuff is not tolerance. It's turning a blind eye to something that is entirely disturbed, the sexualization of children. And anybody who denies that is frankly not telling the truth. Or they've fallen victim to one of the biggest lies that's been perpetrated by our legislators, all of our elected officials, that it's not happening in Wyoming. Well, it very clearly is. And the latest example was in Rock Springs at the Community College, an institution that you pay for. So in other words, you have supported a drag queen story hour, and you didn't even know it. Congratulations. I had a chance to visit with Representative Scott Heiner, whose district includes part of Rock Springs. I wanted to hear his thoughts on it. So I asked him. The audio isn't the best, but you'll be able to hear exactly what Representative Heiner has to say. Joining me via Zoom is Representative Scott Heiner. Scott represents part of Sweetwater County around Rock Springs. There was a drag, a drag queen story hour that was held at the community college in Rock Springs. Um, there were minors present. Scott just recently held a town hall where he talked about state money being used to s- potentially being used for causes like the Drag Queen Story Hour. So I thought I'd have him on the program um, just to talk about that. So Scott, uh, first, welcome to Cowboy State Politics.
3: Thank you, David. It's an honor to be here with you today.
0: Where I'd like to start, Scott, is since this is the first time on your, on the program, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: So I am I grew up on a dairy farm in Wyoming um, where we had a family of 12. I put myself through college, became an engineer, worked in the oil and gas, business for 35 years, was an operations area manager for for a number of those years, and I since have retired and joined the legislature back in 2020, so I've been in there three years now. It's an opportunity for me, David, to give something back to the state of Wyoming, to create a legacy for future generations. I've enjoyed living in the state, I've enjoyed the, the freedoms and prosperity that we've had, and I want that to continue for future generations.
0: Where exactly is your district, Scott? I mean, which which areas do you represent?
3: So I represent Kemmer Diamondville, Cokeville, part of Northern Evanston, and part of uh, North part of Green River, and the uh, North part of Rock Spring. So it's a very rural district. And it's very conservative.
0: You just recently held a town hall in which the the topic of drag shows came up, which is what this episode is about. So could you briefly just explain what happened at the the town hall?
3: So during the town hall, I I wanted to point out that uh, a lot of the money that we had extra in the state this year was put into trust funds. But basically, that takes away the power of the purse. Uh, As a legislature, we are... We are given the authority to appropriate money and that's how we control the growth of bureaucracy, the growth of government. And once you put up a set up a trust fund that, that actually funds that department perpetually, it puts that department on auto, uh, pilot. We, we limit what we can do to control what they do with that money. Uh, granted, they have a board that decides where that money goes, but look, for example, the cultural trust fund that's used to enhance cultural activities throughout the state. So what I brought up in this town hall is what if perchance they decided to to donate towards a drag show in our community using state money to fund these kind of uh, these kind of events. Now, there's nothing wrong with a drag sh- show, but I don't think that's a appropriate use of public funds. So it th- it was well received but uh, that's, that's something we need to be careful with, with these, these trust funds, is losing control of how that money's being spent.
0: Not that long ago, there was a drag queen story hour that was held at the community college in Rock Springs. Um, there were several minors present, and there's pictures of that at cowboystatepolitics.com. So I'd, I'd just like to get your reaction to, to that drag queen story hour being at the college.
3: By locating at the college, it gives the perception that we are supportive with state money. You know, that's a state college with the buildings are, are built and maintained with state money. And seeing some of the invitations for that drag show, there was no limit on the age of those people that attended. So minors could have attended. And if there was material that was sexually explicit, it it's putting our, our children during their vulnerable years, in, this, in a position where they can be unduly influenced during this time of their life when they're very susceptible to to these kinds of things. So, you know, they want to have a drag show, that's fine. Don't do it with state money or public money. And don't allow those that are underage to be in, in attendance because sometimes it's not age appropriate uh, things that are happening, in these, these drag shows. Sometimes they're, they're sexualization drag shows. We we got to be careful. We, we limit who can go into a strip club and some of these other venues. We, we need to be careful with who can go into these drag shows uh, where we don't have the limits on what's being displayed.
0: Well, part of the previous episode I did about the University of Wyoming, I pointed out that drag shows in and of themselves are inherently sexual. And the, the video footage that I have, I mean, I sent... Sent a couple of undercover journalists out to cover a couple of these events, and one of them was in Rock Springs. And in the video footage, um, there there is overtly sexual things going on. I mean, there's no nudity in the uh, in the video, but there are a number of children running around. And certainly at at the library event that was held, um, there were at least six to eight minors that were there at the college at the drag
3: queen story hour. So, David, this goes along with our, with the, the cultural uh, movement to sexualize our children. Uh, We see that in, in not only in schools, but in uh, our culture that we're, we're sexualization of children. And and the legislature, we, we've been trying to limit that. Of course, we had a couple of bills that would have uh, put some limits on, on that that were, were not able to get passed. They got held up. But that's something that is high on my priority list. We need to protect our children. Let them be children. Don't don't make them grow up too fast. Don't confuse them during a time when they're most innocent. And they, they should be allowed just to enjoy life as a as a child without that stress of being overly sexualized. as has been said, we're normalizing this these children. So what's what's that gonna do to their mental stability, to their future uh future as an adult, when we confuse them at such an early age. Well,
0: and that's exactly my point. You know, I I personally, I don't have a problem with drag shows, as long as you don't involve children. And I don't have a problem with, uh, with anybody, any member of the LGBTQ community, just don't involve children. You know, a lot of these events that are being held, they are involving children. And that's, that's clearly what, what the video footage shows. So, so Scott, I'll give you the last word.
3: David, I, I don't want to come across as that I'm against LGBTQ people. I, I have some good friends that are transgender. They are very good people. They they have the liberty, like any of us, to be able to exercise the way they believe. But I agree with you. We should be careful what we do to in front of minors and to overly create an environment that is going to gonna be difficult for them, or we, we start normalizing the sexualization of our children. So, you know, I, I don't mind that they're having their, their drag events. Let's just be careful that there's no minors involved in this.
0: And there's no state money involved either.
3: And there's no public money, exactly, yes.
0: Well, Scott, I appreciate you taking the time to visit with me. You're welcome back on the program anytime you like.
3: Thank you, David. It's, it's always a pleasure. I, I'm one of your avid uh, supporters, and uh, I listen all the time to your podcasts.
0: Have a good afternoon, Scott. Thank you. As Representative Heiner said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a drag show so long as you don't involve children. We have strict laws against including children in explicit events. Minors are not allowed in a bar. Technically speaking, minors aren't allowed to watch an R-rated movie at the theater. It is against the law for minors to purchase tobacco, alcohol, or pornography. Why? Because their little brains are not developed enough to process the events that are happening around them. They don't understand that a lot of what they're seeing is make-believe. And it is absolutely make-believe that a man can become a woman or that a woman can become a man. It is biologically impossible. So we don't have to think about it too hard as to why Drag for a Cause put on a Halloween program and then invited children to it. And just so you can see it for yourself, I posted pictures at CowboyStatePolitics.com of children attending these events. Generally speaking, it is not all that difficult to link all of these groups together. The people behind these events all tend to run in the same circles. It's no different if you're looking for a Republican event. Generally speaking, the same people put on similar events all over the place. Oh, wait, there is a problem. Republicans don't put on drag shows and invite children to them. Ha, what was I thinking? Anyhow, in last week's episode, I told you how entrenched Wyoming equality is at the University of Wyoming, and they are involved in events across the state. All three of the groups that I mentioned during this episode The Starling Company, Drag for a Cause, and Wyoming Equality are all sponsors of an upcoming event on June 10th called Rock Springs Pride. And as it specifically relates to Rock Springs, if there's an LGBTQ-themed event, you can bet that you will find The Starling Company and Drag for a Cause in the mix somewhere. And don't forget, The Starling Company is run by Kenneth McCormick. You know, the guy that works at the Rock Springs Urban Renewal Outfit? The same person that put on the Drag Queen Story Hour at Western Wyoming Community College. And then there's Wyoming Equality that is funded, at least in part, by your tax dollars. I wonder if any of your money ended up in the hands of Drag for a Cause. The screenshots taken from the Rock Springs Pride Facebook page clearly shows that Wyoming Equality is one of their sponsors. So it's a good bet that some of your money ended up supporting that event. One more post on the Drag for a Cause Facebook page. For the Halloween drag show that involved children, there are 45 businesses listed. It may very well be that all 45 of those businesses do support all of these drag queen events. But I find that hard to believe. And the reason for that is everyone knows that the LGBTQ lobby is one of the loudest and the most active. And so, if you're a business and you're approached by this group to say, hey, please support us, if you say no, what's going to happen to your business? Will it be picketed? Will you be called a bigot for not supporting them? My point here is it's hard in a community like Rock Springs that has all of these LGBTQ events going on for you not to support them, especially if you're a business owner. You can't tell me that all of those businesses support this. Rock Springs is a pretty small town. In 2021, its population was 23,000 people, so 45 businesses is a lot. And groups like this don't get the influence they have without political support. Included in that list of sponsors for the Halloween drag show event that involved numerous children is Wyoming Republican Representative Clark Stiff. You heard that right the Speaker Pro Tem of the Wyoming House of Representatives. You really should go look at the pictures of this Halloween event that involved numerous children that Clark Stith supported. In one of them, there appears to be an older gentleman dressed in a business suit, at least that's the top half, and the bottom half, he's wearing a garter belt, stockings, and high heels. In another picture is Kenneth McCormick dressed in women's lingerie, and you can clearly see that, uh, well, it leaves nothing to the imagination. In any case, that's an interesting cause for a Wyoming Republican to support, and I'd really like to hear Representative Stith's justification for inviting all of those kids to it. WyoFile published an article this past March 29th entitled Far-Right Advances Motivate Pro-Wyoming Lawmakers to Organize. In it, Clark Stith said, and I quote, We're trying to do what's in the best interests of Wyoming and our constituents, rather than follow a national agenda, Stith said, end quote. So I'm curious, Representative Stith, is supporting Halloween drag shows that involve numerous children and have adults prancing around in women's lingerie, is that what is in the best interests of Wyoming citizens? Is it in the best interests of Wyoming citizens to allow our tax dollars to go to Wyoming Equality, an LGBTQ lobbying group that supports all of these endeavors statewide? And one more question, Clark. How can you possibly refer to the conservatives as extremists when you support things like this? Or better yet, how can you possibly refer to yourself as a Republican? Evidently, their hypocrisy knows no bounds. So let's just recap. On last Wednesday's episode, I showed you how all of these drag queen events are perhaps not originating at the University of Wyoming, but they're clearly entrenched there. I showed you how there's a university administrator that was participating in a drag show. That was the undercover investigation that I showed you the video of. I've showed you how Wyoming Equality has partnered with the University of Wyoming and that they are receiving Wyoming tax dollars your money. And in this morning's episode, with another undercover investigation, I showed you how all of this stuff is ending up in your community. And strangely, how a lot of it always goes back to the same people. And in this case, politicians. You know, my friends, the old phrase used to be, what you're doing is like giving whiskey and car keys to a 15-year-old. What are we doing this time? What are we going to call this? It's far more dangerous than anything that we could possibly have thought of before. And yet, here we're doing it, and we have politicians supporting it. One last note before I let you go for this morning's broadcast. I have to tell you, my friends, that doing these past few episodes has not been easy for me. But I've done them because I feel a responsibility to you. I think that I owe it to you to tell you the truth, because nobody else in the Wyoming media is. And if you'll notice... They haven't breathed a word of our undercover investigations at the University of Wyoming, and I doubt very seriously that they'll breathe a word about this one. But I won't do that to you, because I believe in the truth, and I believe in telling it to you. This program exists because of you. It's hard for me to explain the connection that you and I have built over the past two and a half years, and I am very proud that you rely on me to tell you the truth. And I am absolutely going to continue to do that, no matter how hard it is for me. And I'd also like to thank all of the sponsors of Cowboy State Politics. Certainly, without their help, I wouldn't be able to do all of the things that I do for you. Thank you very much. The Buffalo Wool Company, Morton Buildings, The Winget Food Truck, Gunrunner Auctions, and New Trend Hats. Thank you very, very much. So, enough of all of that. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll talk again tomorrow during the live broadcast. It begins at 10 a.m., and you can find a link at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboys State Politics Facebook page. Also, one note on that. It would appear that Facebook has started to shadow ban the program, so you're going to start to see a lot of different links show up. The one I'm going to try out first is use Amazon. the link to Amazon Music. So if you see something that looks a little bit different, that's why. But for now, from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.